Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A little thought experiment. Just imagine this. A foreign government introduces a law clamping down on the right to protest and the United Nations condemns the law as incompatible with the country's international human rights obligations regarding people's right to freedom of expression, peaceful assembly and association. The UN goes on to condemn the law for imposing a serious and undue restriction on these rights that are neither necessary nor proportionate to achieve a legitimate purpose as defined under international law. What do we think? What would go through our heads? Would we think, what tin pot dictatorship is this? Disrespecting human rights at war with democracy itself. Sounds like something out of Putin's Russia. Well, we don't need to imagine that this is a foreign government. Because what I'm doing here is talking about our country, the United Kingdom, and I'm quoting the UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights, who is discussing the Public Order Bill, which has been passed and much of which has now been imposed just in time for the coronation of the king. Now, as the UN notes, the law is especially worrying <clears throat> because it expands the power of the police to stop and search individuals, including without suspicion. And we know, based on all the evidence, that stop and search is implemented in a discriminatory and racist way. You are far more likely to be stopped and searched, for example, if you are black. It defines some of the new criminal offences in a vague and overly broad manner and imposes unnecessary and disproportionate criminal sanctions on people organising or taking part in peaceful protest. It also, the UN goes on to note, introduces serious disruption prevention orders that allow UK courts to ban affected individuals from being in certain places at certain times, being with particular people or using the internet in certain ways and could lead to the individual in question being electronically monitored to ensure compliance. And, to finally conclude, it says it's especially concerning that such orders can be made against people who have never been convicted of any criminal offence. The criminalisation of peaceful protesters, not criminals. Now, this is the sort of law you would expect in Vladimir Putin's Russia, not a country which supposedly prides itself on being a democracy. Now, I just want to just show a little speech in Parliament about this legislation from Clive Lewis, a brilliant Labour MP, who spoke out against the bill when it was being debated. I think, I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is, who are the criminals here? Are those individuals who try to come together collectively to stand up against a government that's failing them on the climate crisis, against big corporations that have deep billion pound pockets to be able to by influence, which I'll come on to later on, in Parliament, across politics? Or is it those individuals who are trying to use the only apparatus they have to stand up and speak up for the things that they feel impassioned about? And that's what this debate is, because I would argue that the criminals are those who are willfully pushing to extract more oil from our oil fields, who are pushing us off an existential cliff edge. Those are the real criminals that I think this country and the British people increasingly understand are the people who need to be held to account. But don't take my word for it. Take that radical, that socialist radical, uh, the Secretary General of the UN, 
Um, you may think he's woke, but nonetheless, he's someone who I think uh, is increasingly and very important to global politics. Climate activists are sometimes depicted as dangerous radicals, but the truly dangerous radicals are the countries that are increasing the production of fossil fuels. Cue our own government that is attempting now to do that itself. I think there's a really fundamental point in that speech, which is who will history judge to be the real criminals? Those who are destroying the planet actively destroying the planet, imperiling the very future existence of human civilization as you and I understand it, or those who did whatever they could, drawing on a history of peaceful civil disobedience which won many of the rights and freedoms that we take for granted, albeit now those rights and freedoms under threat from those with power, to stop the destruction of our planet. Now, this goes to show that crime that is what is defined as being against the law and social harm or harm generally are not the same thing because there are actions which are both exceptionally harmful and I think we can bracket imperiling our future existence in the harmful category but legally permissible and indeed encouraged. The government is encouraging fossil fuel expansion with all the catastrophic consequences that that entails for our future while those who are vilified and more specifically prosecuted are those fighting. Now, this week, official warning letters have been sent to those who believe in an elected head of state rather than a head of state which is just arbitrarily chosen based on which family you randomly happen to be born into. These who are planning peaceful protests, entirely peaceful protests, um, during the coronation of King Charles III um, based on the new legislation that is in place. Lawyers have described this as intimidatory um, and they've written to, for example, Republic, who are organising peaceful protests. Now, the, the claim is this is all coincidental. That's what the Home Office says. But lawyers uh, for Republic have said that the letters could be viewed as intimidatory. Now, as Liberty points out, uh, which is a crucial human rights organisation in this country, when the police crime sentencing and courts acts came into force, the police repeatedly misused them, in part because they simply didn't understand them. Similarly, when Queen Elizabeth died, we saw police acting in inappropriate and heavy-handed ways towards protesters that violated their rights. What was told us reassurance, oh no, these, these laws will be only used in the strictly defined ways, all the rest of it, there'll be safeguards. And yet the, the police always go above and beyond what is claimed that these laws will do in the first place. I mean, look, we can talk about, for example, the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill, which, again, allows protests to be shut down for being too noisy or causing serious annoyance. The whole point of a protest is to cause annoyance. It's not supposed to be silent and just there to be ignored. It's there to be heard. And throughout our history, again, the only way we've won our rights and freedoms is by people causing serious annoyance. That is how issues are forced on the agenda, which I'll talk about briefly. Uh, it, that allows stop and search without any suspicion, bans specific individuals from joining protests, and grants sweeping powers to the state to decide which protests are allowed. We can similarly see anti-trade union legislation clamping down on one of the most democratic rights we have, which our ancestors fought for, the right to withdraw our labour in order to improve our wages and our terms and our conditions. Now, you know, during the 2019 election, we had all this, oh, Corbynism, Stalinist, authoritarianism is a threat to democracy. Absolutely nonsense. I'm going to say piffle, which is a word I don't think I've ever said. It's interesting, when I worked for John McDonnell, who was Corbyn's right-hand man, he was Shadow Chancellor, 
in 2005 onwards, the first week I worked there, um, his office was organising a rebellion against 90 days detention. New Labour itself, highly authoritarian. That rebellion led by the left, who consistently opposed attacks on civil liberties, and yet were construed as would-be authoritarians who were a threat to democracy. And yet Boris Johnson was repeatedly portrayed as some sort of libertarian who didn't like the state and want, or wanted freedom for individuals and all the rest of it. And this is all legislation that his government pioneered and drove through. That's the threat to democracy. And you know what? Insulate Britain or Extinction Rebellion in the past, um, Just Stop Oil, yeah, causing annoyance, causing people to be angry, actually. But look at what they're fighting against and look at the tactics they're using, which have been used throughout history. And I say that, actually, because they're mild compared to what some of our ancestors used. The suffragettes went way further. I'm not encouraging this, by the way, in case I get arrested under one of the various forms of legislation the government have passed. They used bombs. They killed people, the suffragettes. People forget this. They smashed things up. I mean, they really, really went went in hard. Bombs and arson and all the rest. Um, suffragettes are regarded as heroes now because they were seen as fighting against a far greater evil than any evil that they happened to use. Look, similarly throughout history, trade unionists... Uh, those who fought racism, those who fought more broadly for women's rights, those who fought for LGBTQ rights, did not sit around singing kumbaya and writing polite letters. They used peaceful protest and direct action. And many of the rights you have, that's how they won. And that's why the government are clamping down on these tactics. They know they work and they want to shut them down because they want to stop any prospect of change. That's enough for me. Please like and subscribe. Please support us on Patreon.com. I'm Josie Ford. I'll see you in a bit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.